Welcome to Bottoms on Top. I'm John. And I'm Andreas. And it's the season finale. Woo! Whatever that means. It doesn't really mean much, because <laughs> we we're like, coming back. Yeah, we'll be back in like a few weeks. But we're taking a little break after this, so enjoy what you can. Or don't. Just re-listen to us every single day. This week, Andreas and I are playing Fast and Loose. There's We're bringing Nick on for his silly faggot corner once again. And then it's just going to be me and Andreas answering questions and topics that you all submitted through a Google form. So It's all about us for this final episode. <laughs> it really is. We're recording this kind of in the middle of finals preparation. Yes. And um, for all of you out there who are students, good luck on your finals. Um, don't stress too much or stress a lot. Do whatever you want. I don't like telling people not to stress out during finals week. Yeah, because like, you can't help it. Yeah, it's like impossible. But if you are stressed, well, um, stress like healthy. Like be like a st- healthy, stressful person or at least try to, you know? How are your finals going? Um, I only have papers to write. So it's just kind of me and my laptop, like typing away at whatever pace I want. Yeah. So I, like, hate to tell people that because it seems like I'm not stressed. But it is kind of stressful because it's a lot of a lot to write, you know? I would rather have tests than papers because you don't have to study for a test. Like, you can just show up for that hour, two hours, and, like, do it. But, it, like, you have to sit down and write a paper. So you're I think right. that papers are worse. But I mean, if you're, like, a good student then you study and that sucks for you. But like for me personally, (laughs) I'd rather just like not study, show up, fail the test and be done with it. Okay. I'm a poor test taker. I can't fail the test. I need papers. I love papers. Okay. They give me life. Like I know I can like do decent kind of sort of on a paper. Also, I feel like I'm in control of a paper, you know? Yeah. That's fair. But other people feel the opposite. Like you, you know, you're going to go and fail the test. That's it. I'm fine by it. And power to you for that. Um, I would say finals time for me is a time when I definitely tend to get distracted or dickmatized or ridiculous, <laughs> as they say. Really? I think it's like the the school stress. Like I'm my mind is looking for anything to think about other than school and it chooses dick. So you're the person in Van Pelt on Grinder, like 89 feet away. Oh, yeah. Fifth floor bathroom. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> those bathrooms are nice. They are. The fifth <laughs> they floor just bathrooms those. are beautiful. I will like go out of my way if I have to poop during the day to go to that bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as you know, Andreas and I are schemers. So we've been making a little scheme for a second here. We got some surprises for everyone. Our producer, Joyce, why don't you come in the studio for a minute? Come on, Joyce. Join us, Joyce. Open that door. Break the third wall. Break it, honey. Let's go. And sit down in the studio. (laughs) And Joyce, I have to tell you that you are not the only surprise for our listeners. I also have a surprise for you. What? John is just full of surprises today, and I'm taking... Hi, everyone. This no. is Joyce, and we also have Ian Jong. What? Yay, Come on Ian. in, Ian. So for those of you who don't know, Ian was the OG me. I'm the replacement. <laughs> so the, Ian, what? You're hello. Ian. So I did the M track in just for this. <laughs> <laughs> All the way from DC. 
We just wanted to take this moment, Joyce, since your term as DP podcast producer is coming to a close, to bring you on, have a chat with you, and thank you for all that you've done. Aw, thanks. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you. So my first question for you, why did you allow the show to happen? <laughs> it um, should, I would say, should not exist. No. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fit. They make it obvious it doesn't fit their current <laughs> vision. No, I think the DP should like expand um, like the set of voices that it represents. Because right now, or like before the show existed even, it was very narrow. And even now it's like still pretty narrow and we have like a lot of room to expand. Can you tell us a little b- bit about the day that you met Ian and I when we came in for an interview <laughs> for this show? Oh, yeah. I was having interviews for, like, a couple podcasts, I think. Um, you guys came in. I think you complimented, like, my shoes. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I still remember those shoes. You guys seemed really <laughs> nervous, but I was like, don't, this is, like, not a big deal. <laughs> like, it, don't it worry. It was just the tone of your email. It was too professional. <laughs> we thought it was very real. We prepared. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you did. It, it was, like, a it. good sign. Tell me more about that day, because I don't know. I don't remember their interview, but I remember yeah. we got, like, Capogero, like, to celebrate afterwards. And really? that was the first time John made me laugh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we had been friends for, like, a few months. <laughs> what? <laughs> what and was it was, the like, thing? always a chuckle, but we got a rocky road. And I think John said, like, oh, this is, like, the, like I think I asked him, like, if you're ice cream flavor, like, what would you be? And I think he said rocky road. <laughs> Why or something like that. Are you still? Are you still <laughs> it was a rocky funny road? At the moment. <laughs> are you still a rocky road, Josh? I am. I really am. <laughs> um, Joyce, what would you say you've learned over this process? <laughs> I feel like we've really exposed you to. Um, I think I've learned a lot. Like, yeah, I don't know. I've learned a lot about things I like didn't really know about. Before. Give us a list. Yeah. Um. I think I've thought a lot about things that I, like, wouldn't have thought about before. I don't know. I don't know if I should, like, how specific I should be and, like, reveal how ignorant (laughs) I was. (laughs) You know, we have no filter here, Joyce. (laughs) You know that. I think I learned a lot about um, just, like, the, like, LGBTQ, um, like, community on campus and, like, I don't know. I didn't know, like, what Swalloween was. Like, I didn't know that was a thing that happened. Now you know. Yeah. Now you know. And it's important. Yeah. We made you a better ally. I think you did. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) This Uh, personal labor that we've done. (laughs) Do we want to go around and say some words about Joyce for her to remember us by? (laughs) You don't As have she to do goes that. on. N- no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you prepare a speech? Oh, oh no. This is oh oh. I'm so shocked. <laughs> I'm going first. Um. Okay. Well, Joyce. Well, as you know, I jumped on this one day in the summer through a Facebook call through VPN. <laughs> and uh, while I was douching, while John was douching, and yeah, Joyce. Thank you so much for like. Aww. First of all, like allowing me to be here and do this because like I've always low-key wanted to do like a podcast or like a YouTube type thing but I have like no personal motivation so this was like a nice push for me to like 
be more personally motivated to do this and then take on like other mm-hmm. projects. And I really love it. And you're a big part of that, Joyce. So thank you. Aw, so nice. <laughs> love you, Joyce. Okay, eyes are on me, so I guess I have to go. <laughs> um, thank you, Joyce. I when John, like I always. joked with like friends about how funny it would be to have a podcast where we Mm -hmm. just talk about our lives because I feel like our lives are pretty funny but I apply thinking that we're too gay like we're not gonna get it like we're just doing for shifts and gigs and we actually got it and I was like oh my god (laughs) and like I'm really self-conscious or was of my like faggoty voice but like now I'm not and I love it (laughs) so I feel like you did that and Joyce did that thank you for giving a platform yeah, I think that we really knew nothing. Like, we went into that interview, and you were like, so, like, what podcast do you listen to? And I was like, oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know actually what a podcast is, but I would like one. And you were like, okay. And I think it's been really great for us, and hopefully some of our listeners, that you've given us this platform. And I'm really grateful that you've never shot down an idea. You've never censored us. You let us talk about whatever we want. Ian's talked about pooping himself in bed on this show. (laughs) And Joyce just lets it all through. (laughs) And I don't know if y'all would agree, but I would say that Joyce Farmer can say faggot. No. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's won herself, like, the honorary, like, faggot queen, like, crowd. Like, don't, but you could. (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) Such an ally. Any words for the people, Joyce? Um, well, this has been, like, a very good experience for me. And I'm really glad that you guys, like, came to me with this idea. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, wonderful. You're wonderful people. This is, like, a great podcast. I think you've done, like, a lot of really important and, like, meaningful work. And I hope that you're proud of yourselves. Because I am. <laughs> Joyce. Why am I crying in the club right now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Joyce will not, she's not going too far. She'll still be what we're going to call our creative consultant, but she will no no longer have the power that she does at this moment. But we'll miss that. Okay. Okay. Bye, Bye, Joyce. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Um, Ian, why don't you stick around? Great. And we'll have Nick Joyner come on for his Silly Faggot Corner. Yes. So we're here with Nick Joyner for his final Silly Faggot Corner of, this, of the season. How are you, Nick? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm very sorry that it's been a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always forgot to ask you when you were available when we booked the studio. It's okay. I didn't have any other ideas, so this is good. <laughs> I've been working on this for a very long time. So what do you have for Should us Should we get started? Today? Okay, so this is how we play the game. Should we, should we go person by person? Sure. Think, or should I just open, open form... UN style. I mean, this is your corner. Yeah, let's okay, explain okay. the game first. Okay, first, yeah, so this game is called Is This a New York Times Angry Commenter or Is This Something Cher Has Tweeted? <laughs> so I'm going to read the tweet. I've deleted all the emojis so we don't give it away. Um, and you have to decide. Okay. Cher or NYC Commenter. I'm ready. And how do you want the ans- answers formatted? Um, like, just what, shout just out? What, what is Cher? <laughs> what, what, is <laughs> what, what is New York Times? Oh, no, we can do, we can do shout out. Okay. There is no bottom, dot, 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 <laughs> to his disgusting behavior towards women. I'm going to go with Cher. Cher. Uh, New York Times? 
it's share. Uh, <laughs> the ellipses gives it away. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we have. If Trump gets bent when two small women get rough with his precious little ego and feelings, what's he going to do when tough men yank his pee-pee? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with New York Times column. New York Times column. column. I'm going to say share. This was share. Uh. <laughs> I thought the vocabs were too good. Yeah. She doesn't use yeah, big words. No, she doesn't. But she they did up her character limit, so there's room, there's room uh. for her to learn words. Um, here we have, wow, it takes five months for native mongoose to appreciate the immigrant, immigrants to the group. Well, that's it. Mongoose, greater than, greater sign, Trumpsters. <laughs> Going with New York Times on that one. Uh, same. New York Times? New York Times. Wait, mongoose. Mongoose. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> There's those like little badger things that like eat snakes. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, what do we have? Sorry, guys. I didn't um, attention okay, it. Daddy, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> Just make me list and promise you'll respect me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> me? Question mark. <laughs> you love to be made list. <laughs> um, I want it to be share, but I can't think of the context in which she would say that so I'll say New York Times commenter. Yeah, I'll say New York Times. I don't think I don't know I don't know who can be a daddy to share. I'm going to go with New York Times also. This was shared. <laughs> Do you have the context for that yes, one? Yes, um it was the text for a photo she shared of Putin and Trump snuggling. <laughs> <laughs> which I think we've like all come to agree that Insinuations that Trump and Putin have a sexual relationship is like homophobic. It is. It yes, is. but not when shared. But does not it. when shared. <laughs> I, I can't believe she threw the first brick at Stonewall. <laughs> <laughs> um, here we have: you can't swing a dead cat in the Trump administration without hitting a Russian. They are everywhere. <laughs> I'm gonna say share. Uh, New York Times. New York Times. New York Times. <laughs> dead cat. You know some crazy ass woman named Suzanne Hopkins. <laughs> share that. Thank you, Suzanne. Here we have, we need to get these malignant, festering pustules out of our former democracy, our executive branch, our former Congress, and repair this great harm done in our nation and standing in the world. (laughs) Festering pustules. Who said it? (laughs) Share. New York Times. New York Times. New York Times. Damn. Did you go to one article? And th- oh, no, no. This, this is a spread. So you're trying to get <laughs> politics and, yeah, just everything. You okay. put in work. I did. I literally have. See this? This is. These are all. Wow. These are all things. Pages on a I Word document. Pages. Okay. Here we have. Two pages. <laughs> <laughs> Plural. Single spaced. <laughs> what my sweet friend Christina did tonight was beyond singing. An angel touched her lips <laughs> and she flew. <laughs> Um, share. 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 It was share. <laughs> Christina. I don't, Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. The Whitney yeah. Houston tribute? She flew. <laughs> he is a cancer. <laughs> this is not a stupid astrological joke. Wake up and smell your country being destroyed. <laughs> um, Ian, as a cancer, do you want to go for this one? Uh, share. Share. <laughs> let's, let's, let's I'm amb- guessing there was a crab emoji in there that has been taken out it was yes these have all had emojis taken out she's very fond of the like double exclamation point emoji but yeah. she, trademark it's she a giveaway. also often uses a toilet in place of yes president trump and she'll also um put emojis and then add like words after as like substitutes because she really is like conscious of her character limit <laughs> um here we have 
Um, babies better step off. I ain't playing. Attention all babies. Do not even think about crawling up on my arsenic-infused sushi with a side of heavy metals. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with New York Times. Same. New York Times? New York Times. Like, I don't even, the context was this was like an article about dolphins, and someone just commented this, like, I hate babies. <laughs> my arsenic This is like, like something I would do. Um, here we have little Bo Peep, she lost her sheep and doesn't know where to find them. Little bro Trump has doubled his rump and doesn't know where to hide it. New York Times. I think Cher? Cher, yeah. That's a Cher. Wow, she's a lyricist. Cher, Cher literally just wrote a limerick about Trump's ass. <laughs> Cher got bars. Watch Cher got out. bars. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see what else. I'm somewhere between Merry Christmas slash Happy Holidays and thinking Trump spends next, and hoping Trump spends next Christmas in prison with a cellmate named Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> the subtext there is um, homophobic, yeah. to say the least. So... Say New York Times. I, I'll yeah. say Cher. New York Times. Cher. Our <gasps> problematic yeah, grandmommy. She really <laughs> is our crazy. problematic babe. <laughs> um, let's do a few more. I have, um, damn, Theresa May's got legs for days. <laughs> <laughs> New York Times. New York Times. Yeah, New, New York, York Times. Times. It was um, an article about the Brexit EU. And she is was, she a sex icon now? Yeah, she was stepping off a plane and someone was like, Zam. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's see. We have, oh, this is a good one. Come on, is everybody in the universe in with Russia? Maybe just everybody in Trump's universe. All his posse is in with Russians. P.S. At end of Trump's Jerusalem speech, he sounded so weird. Couldn't pronounce words in surd. Supposed to be slurred. Speech. Speech is misspelled. Hashtag Adderall president. Um, New York Times. Yeah, that yeah. character limit is over 280. That was Cher. What? That was Cher. She had a masterful use of spacing, um, <laughs> abbreviations, like emoji stand-ins. So okay. she did it. That's okay. very Cher. impressive. That was like a novella. It literally was. Um, with that molten face, dog crap soul, <laughs> and those dead serial killer eyes, even $5 million wasn't enough. <laughs> Share. <laughs> New York Times. New York Times. <gasps> Whoa. This wasn't about Trump. This was about that senator who offered this woman $5 million to get her pregnant. I don't remember the name, but... The one that just oh. resigned. <laughs> um, we have, there was plenty of warning from authorities. Owners failed to protect these hashtag horses. No emergency <laughs> plan, no evacuation plan. Hashtag negligence. Share. Share. New York Times. Oh. oh! On an article about a bunch of horses who died in the wildflowers. Very sad. Rest in oh. power. All right. <laughs> Rest in horse power. Rest in horse power. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Delete that. Delete. I'm going to have to that. strike that. Here, this is a, this is a just ambiguous one. Trump says he won't come to California to see our disaster. Some of his people are suffering here. They would be comforted by seeing him. He, we really should pull away. We have an enemy in the White House. He is pretty vindictive and hates Usher's... Usher? Not a president. He's a weak man with, with a grudge. New York Times. New York Times. Yeah. I don't think... I haven't checked Cher's, Cher's platform, but I don't think she believes in secession for the state of California. Cher. <gasps> wow. wow. She believes in the California Republic. Is Cher a leftist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. Wow. 
She's Liberal versus leftist. She's yes. a she's our anarcho communist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that completes the segment. Thank you for coming to my corner. Thank um, you. That was a delight. Thank, thank you. you, Nick. And thank, thank you. you, Ian, for being here as well. Thanks for having Appreciate me. It. So here we are, just me and Drea. We're going to be going through all your responses to this Google form. So take a seat because we're going to take our time on this. So our first thing that we want to address, we actually got this twice. So conspiracy theories regarding Avril Lavigne and her supposed death around 2003, 2004, and the replacement of Avril Lavigne with someone new. I believe it. Here's my thing with this, is that this is old news. I actually broke this story on campus <laughs> two years ago um, when my friend and former Bottoms on Top guest, Johanna Montnavaro, was a music editor for 34th Street. And I did a little write-up, like a, a few sentences explaining this conspiracy theory, and that is the first time this was published on campus. And so people are still out here acting like this is a surprise, and I'm like, get with it. She's been dead. So suddenly we have to link this article on our Facebook page as well. But I'll look it up. Yeah, Avril Lavigne, I believe it, because she just changed so much. Like, if you needed any evidence that this is true, just literally watch the Hello Kitty music video and then watch Girlfriend, and you'll realize it's not the same person. That's not the same person. So let's go through with some rapid-fire questions. Andreas... Why do straight men flirt with gay guys for validation? Because they love us. Because we're hot. Fair enough. John, how big is too big? No such thing. Ooh, okay, girl. The human body is very resilient. You is flexible. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any place in the world you'd like to say, I had sex here? Like inside of one of the pyramids of Giza. That's poetic. <laughs> wow. Thank you. I was going to say, like, I can't even think of anywhere. I'm not going to say anything. Andreas, what is your personal beauty secret? 99.9% aloe vera from Nature Republic. Put it anywhere, put it everywhere, <laughs> use it anytime. It is. It will save your life. It's like $5 and lasts half a year. Good to know. Consent or no? Um, <laughs> Wait, help me pronounce them. Blanche Devereaux, Rose Nyland, Dorothy's Bornack, and Sophia Petrillo. These are the four Golden Girls, um, and that show is part of gay canon as far as I'm concerned, um, and I own it all, the whole series on DVD, so if anyone ever wants to watch, I'm your girl. Um, so th I've never done Consent or No with four topics, um, but I would say I spent a lot of my time saying that I was a Dorothy, but then I realized that everyone just says that because Rose is dumb and Blanche is promiscuous, and Sophia is, like, too cool for someone to reasonably say that they are her. But then I realized that I just am the Blanche, and I am the promiscuous one of the group. So I'll leave it at that. I'm going to consent to all of them because I don't know about them. <laughs> They're gay icons. That's all you need to know. Well, I'm a bad gay. John, let's talk about gays and makeup. Okay. I don't have a lot to say because I generally don't wear makeup. I do own some, and I've tried to make my face up a few times, but I find that I'm not very good at it. Um, so I don't use it for an everyday look. 
but I think that not only gay makeup, but all gender makeup more generally is something that we're on the forefront of, and I'm here for it. Same. You know me. I love makeup, but I just don't wear it a lot I, because I have, like, nowhere to go. But <laughs> <laughs> all dressed up with nowhere to go. But, you know, I just love it. It's an art form, and everyone gay, straight, lesbian, bisexual, transgender should be able to enjoy exactly. makeup. Um, another topic we have is queer vacation time with family. So queer vacation time with family, it's so funny because for me, a lot of my vacations are visiting family back in like Cyprus and Greece. And that's weird because, so um, I was on Grindr and there was like this cute gay who looked like he like was just there for vacation also. And I was like, well, this is perfect for like a little fling. But I'm like, you're too close to my aunt's house. She probably knows you, Mm. which means like, that complicates things a little bit. Also, like, being, like, on the margins of being out with, like, foreign family members is also, like, it's like, oh, my God, I see you once or twice a year. Yeah, one of those conversations is definitely going to be, by the way, I'm gay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know? So that's, like, something else that really, I think, affects, like, queer vacation time. And I think sometimes, like, family vacations, to see more family, can be, like, stifling in terms of queerness. Yeah. Especially, well, okay, Cyprus is also an island of, like, 1.5 million people. So I think the stakes are a little different in such a small community. But, like, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Thank you for sharing. Of course. Next we have why white gay men love slash hate black women. Whew. That's some tea. I feel like back in, like, 2009, there was, like, this, like, slogan everywhere that was, like, as a gay man, I'm basically a black woman. And looking back at all the, like, middle schoolers and, like, high schoolers who were saying that, it's, like, what were you thinking? There's, like, so, so much wrong with that and so much missing. But the thing is, just because people aren't outright saying that anymore as, like, little gay middle schoolers... They still think it. And, like, you see that when gay men, like, co-opt, like, um, you know, like, African-American vernacular and mm-hmm. things like that. And then, like, get, like, laughs and credit for it. Yeah. Which is seems small, but, you know, it's big. But I do think that on the love end of it, um, gay men do help, like, push some black women, like, to, like, the forefront of, like, some popularity like, fan bases and stuff like that. Mm. So I think that's one point where, okay, gays, like, keep trying. Yeah. Like... Now, like, like, be as good to all black women as you are to Cupcake. There we go. That was the takeaway. You should tweet that. I'll tweet it. (laughs) (laughs) On the same topic, John, why did Beyonce work with Eminem and Ed Sheeran? I actually didn't even know about Ed Sheeran until this very moment. Um... You didn't see the email thread. <laughs> oh, I With, did actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know why she did that. She doesn't need to. I don't think it's gaining her any new fans. I don't think it's getting her any coin that she needs. So your guess is as good as mine. I'm scared of Eminem's rapping. <laughs> I feel like I'm like getting punched <laughs> when he raps. It's not. It's uncomfortable. So we don't know. I wish I did though. Whew. 
So, John, why don't you tell us about your 2017 Spotify rap results? You know I don't use Spotify, mm-hmm. so I have no results, but tell me about yours. Your upper class self is using Apple Music. <laughs> For the same price. <laughs> it just feels bougier. It does. Um, so my top five artists were Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, Rihanna, Kesha, Beyonce, in that order. And I love it because I'm just like the least interesting, like most basic pop gay. And I'm very proud of that, honestly. I'm proud of you. What was your number one song? It was The Cure, of course. Let me talk about that. (laughs) Because so many gays that I know were like, the Cure isn't even that good. I can't stand it that much. Spotify rap results come out. Why is Cure number one? <laughs> you fucking fake ass gay. Like, <laughs> you know you stand The Cure. Like, just say it. Like, everyone does. I also had um, Fifth Harmony's That's My Girl as one of my top five songs, which I think is, like, the most underrated bop of this decade. Like, that song goes off. You put me onto that song, and I fucking love it. It's so, so good. Bad. But if I had a Spotify wrapped, I think I would be, like, embarrassed by the amount of Charlie XCX I've been listening to. <laughs> and I, with that... Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Our next topic is uh, the person just said, closeted frat bros slash semi-straight bros. Um, I think this is, like, something that reaches into a lot of different topics, so it's hard to do it in this concise little snippet um but andreas do you have any thoughts i do have some thoughts so at one point little gay me would be so frustrated by like semi like straight people or like flirtatious like guys in that sense but now i just kind of like if you're like not out or not making like direct statements or moves then that's fine like keep doing what you're doing i'll do what i'm doing We'll live our lives, and I won't feel any type of way. At some point, I might have, but now I'm like, no more. Yeah. Similarly, I definitely feel like I used to feel almost jealous of, like, gay guys and frats because I think I envied their, like, ability to not straight pass per se, but, like, exist in such a straight space and, like, have that ability to, like, I don't know, code switch, I guess with, like, straight men, Um, and now I don't envy that because I realize that, like, a room full of straight men is the last place on earth that I want to be, and also, like you said, everyone is coming to terms with their sexuality at different paces, and coming out or not, that's your choice. Also, I've in the past gotten some messages on Grindr from some DL guys saying that they listen to this podcast, and it's like they appreciate that it's a way for them to kind of connect to what the gays are talking about on campus in a way that they're not really able to otherwise, so I've got some love. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. The next topic we have is Banks Incorporation jumping on the LGBTQ plus bandwagon. You got some thoughts, John? Yeah, this is big during Pride. Um, TD Bank specifically, um, when you go to, like, any Pride, I think, across the country, will be handing out little Pride flags with a TD Bank logo. This year they even had lanyards and whistles. Um, T-Mobile is also big. 
yeah. with their baby company, Metro PCS, also. Their floats go right behind each mm-hmm, other. Mm-hmm. The exact same float, just different colors. <laughs> um, and I think that... So I was in D.C. the summer for Pride, and TD Bank was all over it. And then when I looked at the actual list of sponsors, TD Bank was actually, like, one of the lower-level sponsors. Like, they didn't actually give that much to the organizing committee for the event. They just put all their money into, like, merchandise to promote themselves. So I'm like, why don't you give to actual pride? Or better yet, why don't you, like, actually give to organizations that are, like, doing work day to day to help LGBTQ people? Moving on, um, we have a request for Andreas to talk about what K-pop means to him. Oh, my. So K-pop and I have a long relationship dating back to when I was in seventh grade. And my bestie, Su Chen, shout out to her, um, showed me Girls' Generation's G and 21's I Don't Care. And since then, I've been a stan. Um, K-pop is the result of one of my sexual awakenings, watching Super Junior's Sorry Sorry video. And I was like, oh, this resonates with me a little more than Girls' Generation. Like... <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like my relationship with K-pop has changed so much, though. Like, I used to be, like, a hardcore stan, like, on the internet, like, typing away comments, waiting up late for videos, voting on music shows. But now I'm, I think I definitely like, I still like Korean music, but older K-pop and, like, Korean R&B and hip-hop that's kind of become new. And also, I'm going to go abroad to South Korea, so I think that's, like, K-pop was my first introduction to Korean culture, so. And look at you now. She plays a, a retired Korea boo. I like to call myself a, like, post-Korea boo. Okay. Like, post-emos. Mm-hmm. Think about people who, use, who lis- used to listen to, like, My Chemical Romance now. Right. They'll still pop off to Death of a Bachelor. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, another music request. Another music that request. That John can relate to more is Popstar's Christmas albums, specifically Destiny's Child's Eight Days of Christmas. I'll let you speak on Destiny's Child, and then I can go down some of my reviews of pop Christmas albums. Okay, so um, Destiny's Child's Eight Days of Christmas is a Christmas album they put out back in, like, when they were alive, I guess. And um, (laughs) the song Eight Days of Christmas is, like, the most, like, early 2000s R&B Christmas anthem ever. It's borderline... It's, like, kitschy. And I love it. The whole album is good. They have, like, a DC Christmas melody. Like, 100%. Five stars. A++, in my opinion. Any other Christmas albums, John? Um. So, this holiday season, we have... Gwen Stefani came out with... Uh, I think it's called You Make It Feel Like Christmas, which is presumably a reference to Blake Shelton. And I'm not going to get too far into this, but Gwen Stefani, Blake Shelton were recently spotted at his Oklahoma restaurant with uh, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan. So that really complicates my relationship to Gwen Stefani. So I have not sat down and listened to the album yet, but I will in due time. It's not bad. We'll put that out there. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, next, Sia has a new album this year uh, called Every Day is Christmas, and it's all original tracks. She doesn't lean on any Christmas standards, and everyone is, like, really fresh, really fun, and it makes me want to be a Sia stan, so watch out for that one. That was the first full-length Sia album I actually listened to. 
Um, and then, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Queen of Christmas, Mariah Carey herself. And my point on that is that a lot of people forget the fact that she has two Christmas albums. She has Merry Christmas and then Merry Christmas to you. That's Roman numeral two. <laughs> and I get upset about that because the like big bop from the second album is my f- favorite Christmas song, probably. I think it goes just as hard as All I Want for Christmas is You. It's called Oh Santa. And, like, you can really, like, bop your bussy all night long to Oh Santa. I agree. And people don't give it the love it deserves because all straight people want to listen to is All I Want for Christmas is You. And that's some bullshit. Oh, and she also has a, like, nice R&B re- remix of another Christmas classic on that album that slaps... Here comes Santa Claus. Yes. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. You're it's right. Good. It's good. So check out both of Mariah Carey's Christmas albums this season. Do yourself a favor. So our next question, John, what do you think personally about hookup culture in the gay community? That's another one that that's a whole episode of this podcast in I and of itself. An encyclopedia. Um But I think some of the big topics to touch on would be, like, how dating apps affect it, which I think that they're good because they give us access to people that we would have trouble maybe meeting otherwise. But I think they also hinder the way we interact in real life, um, which is a bummer. And I also think that because we have relatively few chances to go out and be in, like, surrounded by other gays... When we do, we use it as a chance to, like, find a hookup because it's nice to not be on an app and to find a hookup. It's, like, almost pretending to be straight for the night. Um, Although straights use hookup apps, too. To a lesser degree, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I wish, it is my wish for this community that we could just go out and dance together and have a good time without so many people being preoccupied about finding dick. I love your narrative on that because I think that so many times when people speak out against hookup culture, they say, well, I like relationships and I don't like hookup culture because I don't just want, like, sex. And I think that that, like, heteronormative narrative is okay if that's you because personally, well, actually, I can't even say that. I've never been in a relationship. <laughs> but Me either, sis. Let's <laughs> get that out there. But anyway, yeah, that narrative is so heteronormative sometimes when people are like, oh, I, like, want relationships. No, let's switch it. Let's be gay and have fun. Just not looking for dick. I love that. That is some high-level analysis. It is. Let's let's add some nuance to this. Moving on. Let's talk about gay icon Sophia the Robot, oh, so her th- lack of edges, <laughs> and her plans for world domination. Thank you to whomever submitted this. So, Sophia the Robot, she freaks me out, but you know what? I see her doing big things. And whether those things are, like, good or bad, my theory is that if she dominates the world, okay, what's the difference between who's leading the world now? Donald Trump, Angela Merkel, Sophia the Robot. I'm Just here for her it. Up there. She's one of the best memes that 2017 has given us, and I am really thankful for that. 
I do get a little nervous thinking about it. That's why I haven't tweeted about her, because I don't want to be on her list. <laughs> However, I think her processors probably scan audio, and she's going to know that we're talking about her here. So hello, Sophia. I love your work. If you're listening, I have a great wig lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is her lack of edges. If you haven't seen Sophia the Robot, she looks like very human-like, but she has no hair. And so people on Twitter are like, someone get this girl a lace front. Like, how hard can it be? <laughs> And I support that movement. She has a nice face shape. She can do any do she wants. That's true. Yeah, bald is in right now. It is. Um, also, her plans for world domination. So I actually, no beef, Sophia, but you use that joke a lot. Like anytime she makes an appearance on a late night show or something, she's like, I want to take over humanity. Ha 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 ha. And I'm like, girl, it was funny the first like two times. <laughs> like you need new material if you're going to be on like every late night show. So that's some words of advice for you, Sophia. But I love you. She's listening with her with her instant wiretaps everywhere. Yes. <laughs> it looks like uh, the last thing we're going to be addressing this season. Um, this person wants us to talk about gay friendships, both in the context of difficulty making gay friends for younger gays due to potential internalized homophobia. So that's one part. And then as well as how romantic feelings can sometimes interfere in otherwise platonic gay friendships. Should we start with the first part? Let's start with the first part. So making gay friendships because of internalized homophobia. I think that's really true. And I think that as... I think we talked about this personally at one point where I was saying that like there are some people from high school that I know that are like coming out or like experimenting... And I, like, see them on social media, and I'm like, this is great for you, but there's a little bit of a curve for me to get over because I think that when I was more in tune with myself, you weren't okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I feel about... I Like, I'm still human. Like, I still hold, like, feelings like that. So I think that we... But we still need to be, like, receptive, you know? There's no, like, don't hold a grudge against people who have internalized homophobia just because you got over it when you were 15 doesn't mean that someone can do that. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to be opening, but still like welcoming and open, but remember that we're human. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel some type of way. I think specifically in the context of like coming to college, uh, for myself, I really struggled to make gay friends because I was very nervous around other gay people just because I had like one gay friend in high school and other than that, I just didn't know how to, like, work in queer spaces and how to talk to people and, like, make it clear that your intentions were platonic. Or maybe I didn't know what my intentions were and maybe my intentions rom were romantic when they shouldn't have been. And so it just really stressed me out. So it wasn't really until the beginning of my junior year that I really started making, like, solid gay friendships. Um, and I wish that people could just, like, be more comfortable doing them and, like, approaching people, trying to make friends, and not worrying so much. Just you do you. Go for it. Something I think that the gays do well, but I think it's a learning curve, is moving from, like, sex and or romance to platonic friendship, which I think that, like, to straight people, they're like, yeah, that's different. That's, like, my ex. But I think, like, gay people can be like, oh, yeah, we used to hook up, but now we're friends. I think that's something that, like, we do well yeah. and we should keep doing because I think that a lot of my friends from freshman year were definitely, like, 
diffmos plus more that yeah. just were like, oh, let's just cut this out because we can be friends for the rest of college. Yeah. And I also think that I would say generally, like, with gay people, even when maybe you are just friends, like, that line is still a little more blurry. Um, and, like, I think that's okay. Like, I've hooked up with friends, and it was, like, not awkward or uncomfortable. Like, it just happened. And, like, that doesn't mean we're more than friends. Doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. Additionally, I've been in situations where I felt that I had romantic feeling for friends. And, like, in one instance, I just told the person, and they were like, okay, I don't feel that way. And I was like, okay. And so... I think the key is to stop being stressed about these things and just... And just communicate. Just communicate. Say how you feel. If you think your platonic relationship is turning more romantic, well, say it, goddammit. If you see something, say something. There we go. The MTA said it first, (laughs) but we're here second. Well, that's all we have for you. John, is there anything you want to talk about that we didn't discuss this season? Any dirty laundry you want to air? Mmm... Here's my, let's do some New Year's resolutions. Oh, okay. So my New Year's resolution is that I think last year, junior year, I was like co-chair of QPen. I like, that's when we started this podcast and I felt very involved in the community. And then this year I've just generally been spending a lot more time like in my room and at home hanging out. And so my New Year's resolution is to take next semester as an opportunity to like really engage with the community again, like connect with like younger people and you know try to try to share some wisdom with them that I feel like I had the benefit of some like upperclassmen when I was a freshman so that's my promise to this campus hold me to it okay um I love that resolution and good luck I think you can do it because this is more of a return for you thank you you know um my new year's resolution I think is to write more for myself, like, more personally, and also to start another project that I always really wanted to do, so I want to, like, vlog, specifically, like, travel vlog, so that's something I'm really trying to get started on and looking for materials. So now that it's on air, I guess I have to, (laughs) (laughs) which is why I think I put it out there, so I finally have to do it. Yes, you did, honey. All right, well, I hope everyone makes it through finals, has a great holiday season, and we'll see you all back here in January. See y'all in January. Thanks for listening to Bottoms on Top with myself, John Holmes, and my co-host Andreas Pavlou. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. We record in the Wexler Recording Studio at Kelly Writer's House, and we want to give a special thanks to The Daily Pennsylvanian, our producer Joyce Varma, and Andrew Ellis, who provides our theme music. You can find him on SoundCloud as Dummy Fresh. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or conspiracy theories, feel free to email us at podcasts at the dp.com. We'll see y'all in two weeks.